Ladies and gentlemen, it is that time of the month again. We're talking August news. And this month, on the news episode, we're talking Baldur's Gate, Metroid 4, Rockstar Nintendo being jerks, and Sony's got its own PS portal. All this month. So sit back, get comfortable, and listen up. It's me, your host, Darren Wade, and I'm joined by the dream team for news, Mr. Xbox Games Pass himself, Luke Maycock. What's up, Darren? And of course, the console-hating, PC-playing, lore-seeking, full-time Canadian, Chris Robbins. Chris, I finally got your name down. Well, I nailed it. There yeah. you go. Now you just need to add to it. I was also uh, practicing, like legitimately practicing a little bit earlier today. <laughs> I was uh, cycling home from work saying I should probably get this right for once. Cycling home from work. Lore-seeking. Yeah. <laughs> legitimately. Like, and I'm sure anybody like, you know, noticed me cycling by was like, this guy's a lunatic. Like, Talking you know, to yourself. Lore-seeking, full-time Canadian. Um, but how are you guys how you been uh yeah i've been uh good um i don't know just on that daily life grind lately yeah. um it's been pretty good been on uh last week we went to a romantic luxury retreat in northern ireland how what i meant to ask the it was the dome thing yeah yeah big uh, big dome. clear bubble dome it was unbelievable i could see how a lot of people would be super uncomfortable in a situation like that but we were all for it, man. It was it was good. How was your sleep? Like like nervous or just awesome. Like a baby? The first night it was actually because we uh, we had that well, storm Becky Betty Betty yeah yeah, yeah last weekend. But uh, since we we're in Northern Ireland, we were only in like the yellow zone, so it did like it lashed, um, which was actually amazing being in a bubble dome because it's like you're sleeping under a waterfall. Oh and, my like, god! Yeah. Hearing that sound like when you wake up to rain on like a yeah, bubble rooftop nice. like that it was oh it was transcendent man like i didn't want to leave i thought they're gonna to have to kick me off the property <laughs> <laughs> so you'd recommend then chris yeah if it was when i say luxury i mean it comes with a price tag so and you went like height of the season as well pretty much yeah, too. yeah yeah and we got like the dinners both nights and like bunch of cocktails and like a spa package but so hence your no hence your complaint of the daily grind ever since yeah. <laughs> yeah just like oh real life sucks yeah, yeah. bring me back to the bubble yeah uh, what about you luke Are you up too much uh not a whole lot um no my life's been very boring by comparison i've mostly just been doing the daily grind no bubble domes uh no bubble domes no mad adventures up north uh, my only adventuring has been in hyrule in tears of the kingdom mm-hmm. god very that nice. sounded way cooler in my head don't worry, I uh, I had a proper nerd moment. I was editing the the last episode that we did, and it's quite funny. You can, even in, in listening back to the episode, I can hear my th- my train of thought just like, you know, disappear into, oh my God, I'm a loser. I was talking about, uh, I was talking about the Animal Crossing job that I took in Animal Crossing, and I was talking about it for ages. And it was uh, it was Kevin Craig, were we doing the, the Final Fantasy 16 episode maybe? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And I was like decorating people's houses, having the best time. And you just, you can hear my voice dip off. And my next question, it was like, guys, am I a loser? <laughs> oh yeah, oh, I did hear this. That was in your uh, Shy Talk episodes. Oh, uh, that's what it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, and it just it dawned on me. It was that moment where I was like, "That sounded cooler in just my the head." Wind on the way, slowly <laughs> comes out of your sails, and you're like, "Yeah, no, I've been loving it though." Uh, Tears of the Kingdom is a sick game. It took me a while to get bitten by the bug mm-hmm. of it, and um, but now I'm all in and coming close to the end game. I'm having a good time. Uh, yeah. Did you play through Breath of the Wild? I did. Yeah, loved Breath of the Wild. Okay, big fan of Breath of the Wild. Um, Am I the only one here playing Baldur's Gate three? Because that seems you're wild. the only one with a PC. Well, you're the only one who plays games on the yeah, PC. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, in 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 uh, in honor of that, I have it downloaded, ready for 
downloading on my PS5, and because I pre-ordered it, I'll get it 72 hours early access. So the day after tomorrow, I get to play mm. that game. And uh, yeah, I'm going to just like, you know, I'm just going to brag here for a second. Y'all, I was playing uh, Baldur's Gate 3 back in the Stadia Back days. when it was buggy, though. Back when it was buggy in Stadia, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so, Luke, you're almost finished Tears of the Kingdom. Is it up there for you as a Game of the Year contender, as we much expect and anticipate it will be? Yes, yes. I kind of, I feel I'm obliged to say yes. I do have problems with it, though. I think I'm the only person I know that has problems with it, though, in terms Please, of like... pray tell. Uh, well, the choice paralysis stuff is real. I know that's not, that doesn't seem like it should be a problem, but it kind of is, like you're sort of very quickly assailed with millions of like millions is a bit over exaggerated but tens of like side quests that they try to draw your attention to straight away and it's very dialogue heavy like all of the npc interactions are lots of text box for just random npcs um and i've heard a few people say that they get a bit impatient with it and i definitely felt that um but uh you know gameplay wise it's fun the enemies scale quite well like it's a it's definitely a well-designed game and obviously they put so much time into the whole fusing combining different things mm-hmm. system and that works in a fun kind of goofy way uh which is exactly what you want um yeah it's it's not i don't i can see it being game of the year for a lot of people i'm not sure if it will be my game of the year but we'll see like I, there's not that much longer left in the year actually i think so. for me i've only got now i know one of them won't be but i've only got two contenders left for this year that could potentially be i would say 16 is probably my game of the year and that'd be Baldur's gate 3 which i think will probably take i think Baldur's gate 3 is more likely than 16, 16 yeah yeah and then my other one and i know it won't be it might not even be nominated but in terms of from my own perspective that uh, game i'm very much looking forward to is super mario brothers wonders that is new that the 2D, 2d platformer, platformer. <laughs> yeah. that one yeah, takes zelda i still think I know, call me a fanboy, but I think Street Fighter Six, man, it like it really reinvigorated the whole FGC. Right. I think, cool. I think there's a good chance that it could at least be nominated. I think I, I think it could be I think it could be up there with the nominations for sure. Yeah. I, I just think and like as as Luke's as Luke said, it's almost obligated to say he likes it so much. It, and I and I think weird. that's a, that's kind of the Zelda thing though. It's like, well, we waited six years for this and it's such a good it game, is, you know. It is good. Like it's a good game. I feel like I'm speaking sacrilege publicly now. It is a good game, but I have I had problems. I kind of have problems with all of the puzzles in it. Like none of the puzzles are particularly tricky. They're kind of they're puzzles that you were like, "Oh yeah, they designed this so a 10-year-old could solve it or a 9-year-old mm-hmm. could solve it." Kind of thing. It's not. It didn't <laughs> you can cheat loads of them like it's it doesn't push i remember when hard. it when it first came out there was lots of people putting up their videos of of them um absolutely cheating certain trials just by accident because the game is so you can, can do so watching so it yeah, yeah which yeah. is cool that is that is a kind of a, a, a upside of the game that you can goof around so much and have that kind of sandboxy feel um no i don't know i don't know i am enjoying it it is like i said it is a good game but uh it's not just blown me away certain story elements are just like oh i'm all in like when certain story things happen it catches me like a good old like a final fantasy game used Mm -hmm. to just gets you right in the fields and you're just like let's go let's push on with the story so it's got all of that goodness in it too but uh yeah i don't don't know good i'm I'm having fun and chris as a man who's been playing because we're all very excited to play Baldur's gate 3 as a man who's been playing it for a month now i'm assuming you got it on release did you 
Uh, no, a few days after. I waited for the re- reviews to roll in, and like it was very much... Uh, Hugely positive. Yeah, and a lot more polished than I thought it would be. Um, and it, it, it is great. Um, I do have some uh, problems with it. Uh, namely, like what Luke was talking about with the overwhelming amount of choice. True, yeah. Okay, yeah. And the problem with this, too, is like you'll navigate just like the puzzle that is just dialogue options with NPCs only to get to a critical point and fail like a DC five, uh, skill check. And then then the story you were looking for is completely done. Yeah. You're in a fight, probably going to be a party wipe because I'm playing an in tactician (laughs) and it's just like, ah, so I've been kind of saves coming a bit just cause I I can't deal with that. Mm -hmm. I was just like, no, like, I, I want, I had this particular idea in mind for my character and damn you, you're going to fucking give it to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And who, what, what race and class did you go for? Oh, I've been jumping around so much, but, uh, origin characters and they have like a special or sorry, not origin, uh, custom characters. And they have like a special custom called the dark urge, which is just your murder hobo. So nice. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I got yeah. a classic murder hobo in Bob's yeah. I love it. And do you reckon that'll be, uh, Anywhere up there for you in terms of uh, game of the year, or are you sticking with Street Fighter Six? That's still your game of the year thus far. Like what I've loved the most, yeah. Or, I mean, or what I, I've loved the most, yes, then yeah, 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 absolutely. I, Street Fighters, yes. I think I think we should do an episode kind of coming up to the Game Awards. Game Awards is like early December this year, and I'd love to do two episodes of like what our own game of the year is and what we believe the actual game of the year is like nomination wise should well, we mean? could do it we could do it not to <clears throat> get too into format talking now but we could do it where we gave we give a very political answer as to what we feel mm-hmm. should be kind of thing and then we just each go in on what we want to do in the same episode <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. so yeah. and we like oh, act all haughty oh god that could be fun sorry i've got a lot of fomo right now for uh the new uh armored core yeah oh, true right true uh, i did fires realize. of rubicon yeah, one I, of the I, best names i bit the bullet there. Uh, I might have had a few drinks me at that point too. I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna just, I'm gonna fucking buy Bowler's Gate three. I don't care. I'm gonna treat myself. And like three days later, uh, Armored Core came out, and I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. And then like Street or uh, Mortal Kombat's coming out the, like the end of September, and I'm like, oh no. We're still like, not done. This year has been yeah. an amazing year for releases. I'm looking forward to Bowler's Gate three to pick that up again. Um, in two days' time, whatever it might be. And then my only other game that I think I'll probably invest in this year would be Super Mario Brothers Wonders. I just, every time there's a new one of those uh, 3D Mario or just side-scrolling Mario games comes out, I'm always, I love them. I can't get enough of them. So looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, I suppose before we kick into the news items, we know we're going to talk about Sony and Baldur's Gate and Rockstar and Nintendo. And for those who want extra news, bonus news things, uh, we'll be doing a post-show with some of the news items that uh, didn't quite make the main list. And if you want to get into us talking about, you know, God of War Ragnarok DLC, uh, some news about the 1993 Mario movie and uh, the reviews of Overwatch 2, you can check out patreon.com forward slash gift of gaming, the gift of gaming, and you'll find us uh, all the extra content there. Yes, Chris. Is Overwatch 2 in the bonus content? Because like that shit is hilarious. I feel like well, we can. I just. I mean, we, we can put it. We can bump it in this normal episode. I just don't have any uh, article prepared for okay. this episode right now. It's the only thing. I just wanted to shit on Overwatch too. I'm so glad it happened. It's just, By all means, that could be a treat for the patrons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you if you want to hear Chris shit on Overwatch too, go to yeah. patreoncom forward slash the gift of gaming. Uh, uh, Chris, you we were actually talking before the episode. Before we kick into these news items, you wanted to talk about Evo Day. You were a big. Uh, oh yeah, speaking 
looking at a Street Fighter and why I think like it's a contender for Game of the Year because it um, just revitalized like what was kind of considered a dying genre, which is fighting games. Um, and Evo had its biggest turnout, like eighty one percent more than last year. It had nine thousand competitors, like twenty thousand people total. And this is in a time where like even like esports in general is actually dying. Mm-hmm. Out of nowhere, Evo comes in and just kicks ass and mostly because of street fighter six but there was like a ton of announcements and then they even announced they had like the the mayor or the governor of vegas or uh not sure how the uh political yeah i think it's stance yeah. i think it was prime the minister it was the mayor yeah i think we yeah, the, yeah, the prime minister yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, the, uh, the mayor comes out and presents the uh the founders of evo with a key to the city and then they made i think it was like august 4th national or not national but like uh, a local holiday evo day <laughs> awesome <laughs> which is fucking so hilarious cool. i mean and it's easy i thought i thought it would have been i thought evo would have been dying to death how yeah, far oh away God. are we from you go to a gaming tournament you go to like a fighting games tournament and everyone in the audience is wearing aor glasses and watching the actual characters fight while a person sits on either corner of a stage and the, the gamers are just seeing their normal screen. Like, they're playing it, the game how they know it to be played. Oh, I but don't the know. whole audience gets to see a, an AOR 3D projection. Oh, that'd be so cool. It's like Yu-Gi-Oh! comes to life. Yeah, yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh! Oh, are you saying, like, they're, like, down there in a ring fighting? Yeah, Oh, yeah. okay. I thought, you, I thought you were talking about you're just, like, watching a, a screen and, like... No, no, you're watching, like, there's a ring So, augmented there. reality, not virtual yeah, AOR. reality. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, yeah. AR. You, you oh, stick okay. on AOR glasses, and yeah, you look that. at, like, a blank stage, and on it, you see the two characters actually fighting. Oh, man, that would oh, be so dope. How far would that be? Yeah, yeah. like, hologra- uh, holographic Tupac. Oh, you yeah. didn't have to wear glasses for that, though, right? Wasn't that just... No, yeah, no was he just was pure... he was a hologram, yeah. yeah. They, so, they could... They have the technology. They could do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Sorry, so there's a massive dope. digression. No, no, no. I, I, listen, man. I, oh, I'm all I, for it. Anything that brings uh, my normal life closer to video games, I'm, <laughs> I'm for like, you know. I guess we should probably start on our on our um, the news episode, the articles, before we run away with ourselves. Uh, the first one, if I can scroll back up here. Okay, here we go. So here's our, our, our first story today. It comes from uh, Tom Warren at The Verge. And Sony's portable PlayStation Portal launches later this PSP. year. PSP. right what a joke i know i know i know yeah yeah uh so uh playstation port launches later this year for 199 dollars and 99 cents so sony is officially launching its portable playstation later this year the playstation portal remote player the handout device will stream ps5 games over wi-fi and feature an 8 inch lcd screen running at 1080p resolution at 60 frames per second sony says the playstation portal will be available later this year priced at 200 dollars Quote, PlayStation Portal will connect remotely to your PS5 over Wi-Fi, so you'll be able to swiftly jump from playing on your PS5 to your PlayStation Portal, says Hidaki Nishino, Senior Vice President of Platform Experience at Sony Interactive Entertainment. He continues, PlayStation Portal can play supported games that are installed on your PS5 console and use the DualSense controller. Uh, So the PlayStation Portal features prominent controllers on each side that look very much like Sony's PS5 DualSense controllers. They support adaptive triggers and haptic feedback, so PS5 games will feel similar to using a dedicated DualSense controller. The PlayStation Portal will also be capable of playing media as the home screen uh, has a dedicated section uh, for it as it's mirroring your PS5. You won't be able to run anything locally, though, so if you don't have Wi-Fi, then you're out of luck. Uh, Strangely, the $200 handheld won't work with Sony's upcoming cloud streaming for PS5 games. (laughs) 
quote, games that must be streamed on PS5 using a, a PS Plus premium membership are not compatible, says Sony. So the PlayStation Portal is really a way to stream PS5 games you already have installed on your own PS5 onto a handheld for remote play. You need an internet connection capable of at least 5 uh, megabytes per second, and Sony is recommending 15 for the best experience. IGN got to t test the PlayStation Portal early, and in a video, hands-on tech editor Boo Moore says he couldn't notice any latency using the handheld. That would be a key part of the experience as streaming games over Wi-Fi networks still isn't a perfect experience for many. And then the article continues about how it has no Bluetooth and there's new headphones oh, coming out for yeah, us. Yeah, I wanted to make sure that was brought up. Yeah. The no Bluetooth yeah. is fucking unbelievable because at the same time, they're releasing um, these new wireless uh, head, head earphones, earplugs, and uh, headsets. But it has this proprietary software called like PS Link. Yeah. Right. So in order to get like a headless... Um, uh, headset or a wireless headset for this um, PlayStation port. port. I'm not going to call it the PSP because that is just sacrilege. <laughs> so to get uh, to get wireless headphones for the portal, you also have to buy these proprietary Sony headphones, which are also $199. No. Yeah. Yeah. And the worst part, uh, this is even funnier. Those actual headsets themselves have Bluetooth built into them so they can hook up to PCs. So they put it in a the actual headset so other people that don't own the portal can still buy them. But mm -hmm. they didn't put it in the portal because they want to make sure these people buy them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you want that and you want the headphone experience wireless, it's 400 bucks. But that being said, it does have a headphone <laughs> jack. So you can still use your wired headphones. Oh, it does have a jack? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's not too bad. So is this, I mean, I know you guys don't have PS5s, but let's say you guys are PS5 owners. Is this a product you're interested in? Uh, me personally, absolutely not. No, and I'm like spending money on stupid shit left, right, and center yeah, these mean, days. Yeah, no, like, <laughs> I, I've been, you know, under the gun before for like I've spent over two hundred just building a custom keyboard, which blows people's minds. So I don't mind. Like, treat yourself something fancy. If you think you'll get the use out of it, then by all means. But I personally think this is like, especially with the no Bluetooth thing, like they they're making dumb decisions right now uh the bluetooth yeah. thing strikes me as either they're trying to get more money through their headphones or the fact that they reckon it'll be possibly released in november w was the last kind of like time period that people were expecting its release maybe pushing it to production to be you know eligible for sale in the holiday season this year to make a few extra books maybe rush it but for me as a as a gamer so like you know i game kind of in this room that we're recording the podcast in right now this is where I, i'd game but if i wanted to go out and let's say me and norm were just chilling out in the living room or whatever i could just pick up my playstation portal and just walk out and continue playing and that's the part that excites me because i love the switch i love handheld handheld's always been my jam but the idea of having a handheld and playing like final fantasy 7 rebirth or baldur's gate 3 or uh horizon god of war those kind of games that gets me quite excited it's interesting there is i've always thought there is a place for <clears throat> i don't i think it's called mirroring like that, that which is essentially what the playstation portal does it's oh, like yeah. a mirroring device yeah mm -hmm. it just over a wi-fi connection it just pumps the audio and visual to that device all the processing is done on the ps5 itself mm -hmm. and it's just mirroring the output i mean they're yeah. even and doing this on cs3 yeah exactly so I, I it's an interesting technology and it does feel like it's going to be someone's cup of tea and it, it looks so wacky it's literally like oh, they stuck a wild. massive screen into like cut a controller in half stuck a screen in there and i'm quite i'm, I'm into that too i have to say i think a part of me yeah. thinks there's going to be equivalent hardware knockoffs on aliexpress for a fraction of the price the moment this comes out like somebody's going to figure it out and just be like hey here same experience 60 bucks 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah, possibly. <laughs> but like yeah. with a real cheapy plastic PlayStation 5 controller. Don't, just don't drop it. Bluetooth, Bluetooth, don't Bluetooth drop headphones. It. You can use your Bluetooth headphones <laughs> yeah, with, with yeah. it as well, and it's cheaper. Uh, yeah, I'd, for me, it could, the reason it strikes a bit weird for me, and the reason I wouldn't go for this if I owned a PS5, is because the next-gen consoles are like the performance machines, like un- unless you're a PC purist. But like if you're a console dude, you get the PS5 and the Xbox Series X because... You want to see them pretty graphics on a big 4K TV running at 60, uh, or I don't know what the refresh rate of good TVs is now. 240 hertz, I think it is. Let uh, us know if we're wrong at Gifted Game and Podcast. <laughs> I, think I think it's 240 hertz. I don't think PlayStation supports that, but uh, but no, you want to see like you want to see the new Horizon game in a crisp 4K on a beautiful screen and like sit back and like take it all in. When you squash that down to a little screen, I think it just. I don't know. For me, I think it would take something out of the next-gen kind of experience. Interestingly enough, so I was listening to a couple of video reviews of people who got actually hands-on time with it, and a lot of them said that the screen is really crisp and nice to look at, but the first thing they noticed after playing it was then reverting back to the PlayStation 5 screen on a home TV. There's a lot more there to be seen. So they enjoyed it. It's a real crisp picture, but then, of course, once you're playing it for a while, you step away and you put it back on a TV. Everyone was in agreement with that. Yeah, I mean, these games weren't designed with like portable screens in mind and i'd be i'd be really curious to see what kind of compression compression shit they're doing because they don't have to put a 4k image onto a screen that's that size like to get the same fidelity it can be like 1080p so 1080p is its its max on that lcd yeah 1080p 60 frames per second is the max output that the playstation portal yeah i think it's such a silly it's project (laughs) q was what it was called when we first put it into our news episode a couple of months back back in may i think or june when we first um came across it project q was a was a pretty crappy secret name playstation portal is a pretty crappy real name um because it's psp and it's like there's lots of playstation fans who are going to be how dare you like how dare you compare this monstrosity to what was one of the greatest portable gaming machines going at the time like yeah i don't think the narratives around it when it comes out are going to be pleasant or positive but darren if you're going to get if you're going to really enjoy it and get Mm -hmm. use out of it go for it i think it i think it's a really um niche market that i kind of fall into as a person who Mm -hmm. games here but likes being in the presence of like other things that are happening or other people but just like being in people's company but still playing video games so for me to be able to step away from the screen and go into my living room or let's say while lauren's watching a movie or we're just chilling out listening to some tunes and i'm kind of like oh well i can still i don't have to downgrade to like advanced wars on the switch i can still play final fantasy rebirth and go out there and that's good so i think but again i think it's such a niche market that it's Mm -hmm. kind of that's me to me that's who it's geared for and that group of people is so small that it's quite unusual but i have a funny feeling uh that i will most likely be dipping into this seeing if i can pre-order it seeing if i can get on the on the list bless you luke oh my god that might actually be the first sneeze we have on the podcast i know i'm the one that's allergic to cats too yeah sorry fellas lots of cats here <laughs> um so yeah that's it, it's an interesting one we'll see, wait and see what happens but in uh you know speaking to your tears of the kingdom uh playing luke let's go on to our next uh item on the news thing which is a little bit uh, interesting so nintendo patents tears of the kingdom loading screen abilities map and more this comes from uh, jordan midler video games chronicle so as reported by autumn uh, matten nintendo has filed several patents related to Link's ultra hand and fuse abilities from the game the company has also patented the game's loading screen and in tears of the kingdom when fast traveling between areas the game will show the player where they currently are on the map and will then transition to the new location after the loading is complete 
also included in the filing is a pain relating to the inability of the player to grab an object that they are already standing on. For example, if Link is standing on a block, the player can't then use Ultra Hand to move the block and thus uh, Link infinitely. So you can't just keep climbing in midair for no reason. And Nintendo was also able to patent the process of Link standing on a moving object and then continuing in the direction of that moving object. Before Tears of the Kingdom was released, several of Link's abilities were actually uncovered via patent filings in 2021. Uh, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom has been a massive success for Nintendo since it was released earlier this year. And the article continues just talking about Zelda's success and the copies that it sold. But interestingly enough, what a weird and kind of slimy move by Nintendo. Patenting well, or trying to patent. Yeah, patenting game mechanics and like the moving object, like... Is GTA fucked now? Like, you get so, in the car, the car moves, your character moves. I mean... Copyright strike down yeah. from Nintendo. But it's all... So, it's been accepted to be looked at as... They, they filed them. None of them have been accepted. It might be specific. This is getting a bit techy. But it might be specific because, like, in GTA Five, if you get into a car, that's kind of launching a new state engine in the game. But in Tears of the Kingdom, no new state engine is launched. It's the same character moving around, like... The buttons don't do different things now that you're standing on the thing. They do all the same things. Same, same. What you but reg- regardless of of how it is, all of these mechanics. I mean, it's great. You know, it's, it's Showing a map on a loading screen. <laughs> that outrageous. That, there's no fucking <laughs> way that that's going to pass. So I can see. I could see. Darren, you made a face when you were reading out that one. That one I actually love in Tears of the Kingdom because Breath of the Wild. It annoyed me that it didn't do that. But what they're talking about is when you fast travel in Tears of the Kingdom, the loading screen is the map of the world. And it will show you where you are in the map of the world. And the loading process is your little arrow just goes bleep and disappears. And then the map moves over to where you're going. And then it goes bleep and appears in place. And it's very satisfying. But like, <laughs> it's so like stupid. They're, they're, I guarantee in all the games that exist in the world today, they're not the first ones to do that. And that's what annoys me. It's that this idea that, okay, yes, Tears of the Kingdom has a couple of interesting mechanics. But I wouldn't say anything that Tears of the Kingdom is doing in isolation is original. It's all built off the. I mean, game, you know, video games have been around for so long, and people have been developing games for so long that surely what they're trying to do in any of these things has already been done in, the, in another video game. And I'm not saying that they're copying. I'm saying that video games are built off of everything that came before, and that's what makes games better or good. So Nintendo trying to take ownership of that strikes me as just like greedy and, and not appropriate. Standing like moving an object you're standing on, like that's gotta be in other games too I, like, oh no th- you can't do that in tears of the kingdom i know you can't saying. do that and no other game i've ever seen you could yeah it's because that doesn't make sense you'd just be able to fly away yeah like yeah they said. it's like that's what annoys me about that one is that's almost just physics it's like hey we're gonna patent some physics here <laughs> yeah. so you can't like sit on something and move it it's like well no so to me i have so many problems with this and it's another kind of it's like nintendo kind of you know, cracking down on Smash Brothers competitions and, and people putting stuff up, like reviewing things, putting stuff online. To me, it's just very anti-consumer. And the idea that they'd go ahead and say that we're good enough or Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is good enough for us to go ahead and patent these things that are not theirs. Like, they don't own any of that. And someone should, like, uh, counter, like, put out a patent of just, like, putting a sword in your game. <laughs> or a bow. <laughs> That's like, what I mean. Yeah, or like, you can't do that. Just yeah. opens the floodgates. Co- copyright red hats with an M on them. You know, just <laughs> yeah. like you know, I just it's it's so it's so wrong. It's just an unusual. It, it's weird. I will say that you know the idea that Tears of the Kingdom hasn't done anything original in the landscape of video games. I don't think that's totally fair to see. And even as someone who's earlier on in this podcast said, it's not my favorite game ever. Mm-hmm. But they do do a lot of unique things that I've never seen in games before. 
but I am I also do agree with the two of you that it's weird and slimy and it's but like that loading screen thing do you, do, you, do you think that that's that they're the only it's the only video game in existence to ever no, no, do no, no. it no I'm not I'm not talking about that specifically I mean other stuff like the way their physics engine works and the way they've implemented their systems is very unique and there's tons of fun you get that people have been getting out of it because of how it works um, but the move to patent it and like the way patent law works as well is very strange. Is it patented? Do, do you? No, no, no. They, they've they've they the filed. Uh, I think it's in the. I think oh, doesn't didn't say in the article. Maybe I could find that out. Let us know if he's if he's now out there, listeners. But um, uh, I don't know where it is. But it hasn't been successful yet. But my only worry is that like the people who are looking at these patents are they familiar with the industry? Do they know what they're patenting? Like if if it's successfully done, because no one's thought about like the weirdly selfish idea of patenting things in your video game if no one's thought of that and the people who are looking at this file aren't familiar with the video games industry and it's it's successful you're right chris it's like well it's, let's it's stop setting other games a having... dangerous precedent i yeah. think it's like then somebody else is going to come like well i'm like i said like patent crafting in the game now yeah. no other game can craft it sets yeah the dangerous precedent is really similar to the one that like uh, you know, Lionel Richie's re- record label tried to sue Ed Sheeran over using the chord progression. Yeah. It's putting a patent on like a creative process. Oh, so yeah. the idea that I'd make a game and wouldn't be allowed to use certain systems because they were patented by Nintendo is gross. Yeah. That is a disgusting notion. Yeah. And I hate it so much. It's weird. It's just a weird flex. It's a weird unnecessary flex, Nintendo. Yeah. Well. No bueno. Going from one slimy situation to another our next article is red dead redemption's uh, ps4 and switch ports dubbed disappointing by critics surprise surprise and uh, this comes from joe anderton at digital spy so um this article is a little bit long because it's got a, a few of uh, quotes from uh, reviews that are quite enjoyable. Um, <laughs> okay. So Red Dead Redemption released on PlayStation 4 and Nintendo Switch uh, earlier this month. Now, the dust has settled on the reviews. The critical consent- consensus is clear. The game is a classic that holds up well in 2023, but the ports are not worth the standard asking price. Originally released on Xbox 360 and PS3 back in 2010, Red Dead follows the adventures of outlaw John Marston as he is coerced into working for the government in a story full of memorable characters, portrayal, and action pack shootouts the included undead nightmare expansion sees the wild west overrun by zombies who need to be dealt with i mean that's pretty a basic uh, synopsis of undead but yes um reviews across the board are mixed in the whole praising the inherent quality of the game but criticizing rockstar's decision to charge 40 pounds or 50 dollars for a straight port of a 13 year old game with no new features or remastered graphics although considering the approach the grand theft auto trilogy took um the same 30 frames per second and even introducing a few new bugs all while removing the multiplayer uh, so, quote, we're not expecting Rockstar to turn around and service up a fully remastered spectacle. That's never going to happen, especially on the aging Switch la- uh, hardware, Nintendo Life wrote. But when it feels so threadbare, when the graphics haven't had any noticeable touch-ups, and when you haven't added any gyro controls or other bits and bobs, it's really hard to feel as enthused as we could. Um, Kotaku's review reads, None of the textures are better, models still look dated, animations remain jerky, at a distance, etc. Uh, Red Dead Redemption still holds up thanks to its fantastic art design and atmosphere. Riding through a snow-covered forest with the game's music quietly fading into the background will never age pearly, but make no mistake, this is still mostly the same old game, and selling an old game for $50 with no 60fps option or visual enhancements feels silly. Uh, Gaming Ball Titles Review Highway Robbery uh, writing that this release was not even a bare minimum remaster and just a straight port for almost full price and it drew a lot of our ear uh, and very honestly at the very least on playstation rockstar could and should have done a whole lot more 
this port, another quote here, this port of Red Dead Redemption ultimately disappoints. Indeed, during some cutscenes and in-game events, we saw character models snap into place and, in a su- surprisingly creepy twist, refuse to open their mouths when talking, wrote Push Square. Um, Digital Foundry did pr- praise the Switch version for a stable performance, adding the caveat that the Switch release only highlights how much more ambitious the PS4 version should have been. Uh, although the Switch port actually sits at a very respectable 84 on Metacritic, with the portability being a, a new way to play, the user score sits at a very low 3.8 out of 10 and just 1.6 out of 10 for the PS4 version. Red Dead Redemption is out now on Nintendo Switch and PS4. The Xbox 360 version can be played on Xbox One and Xbox Series X and S. There is no PC version as of yet. Gentlemen, can it still be played on X and S, like the original? Through yeah, their yeah, yeah. story, I believe so. So that was one of the things that I remember hearing people laugh about, being like, well, this is a joke because you can still, like that version you're asking me to buy for yeah. 40 $50, I can get for like, you know, yeah, fif- you, 15 quid on. If you have the, the 360 version, it's backwards compatible. You can just stick it on. Yeah, fuck. All right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I yeah. have no problem with the straight port. Uh, I think there's a charm to playing the older games. But, like, the price is, like, they should have only sold it for, like, whatever X and S, like, the original one's still selling for it. Like, that 15, should have been it. 15, just make it playable quid. on the new systems, and don't even try to upgrade it. Just sell it for the old price, so everyone can have access to it. And, like, in terms of um, retaining the library of these video games, yeah, keep, keep porting them so we still have them. They don't disappear into nothing. But like, Or just make your fucking consoles backwards compatible. I'm sorry. Just, like, <laughs> easier. Yeah, yeah. Or just play PC, because... Yeah, Game, I can play original there's Xbox no such thing. Well, <laughs> here's the thing: because if you play PC, Red Dead Redemption not available on PC. Yeah, you know, you there, there you go. This guy, unless I mean, still emulation. So it is. <laughs> that's not legal. You can my my buddy, PC. yeah, my buddy play, was playing Breath of the Wild on his Steam Deck. So don't tell me about like <laughs> what a world what is available. Uh, what, what a world we live in. <laughs> um, so my thoughts on this: just slimy, slimy Rockstar, and I worry for Rockstar's direction uh, going forward. Um, considering what they did with the Grand Theft Auto trilogy, which was buggy as crap when they first ported it, really bad port, really low effort, quick book type mentality. I think it's the same with this. Like the fact that not, not only has there been no additions to this version, there's actually been things subtracted from yeah, the Yeah, that seems wild. Um, and they're still charging $50, yeah, 40 pounds. I, I think GTA 6 is coming and it's going to print 10 billion dollars a month yeah and that's going to be their mic drop moment and all of this will be like a flash in the pan i think it should be yeah but my problem is i I have a funny feeling with the way rocks there is and like it'll still sell like hotcakes everyone's waiting for it but i think it'll be a micro transaction um hellhole oh gta 6 oh yeah gta online for gta 6 definitely will Um, i have a funny feeling that's going to be their focus i think you might get a a a very narrative story in gta 6 but i think they'll be pushing the new online the whole reason GTA 5 is still as popular as it is. Yeah, yeah GTA oh, 5... Yeah, sorry, uh, it's just an interesting point on that. Uh, Rockstar recently bought... Um, I sh- maybe should add this in the article. They recently bought... There was a, a group or a community. I don't know how they bought them, but they essentially bought the, the role-playing community of Grand Theft Auto. So, uh, so I don't know if the people have uh, like a like a thing set up where they set up a business where people or servers where people can go on and they role play in. Yeah, yeah, business. absolutely. But they bought yeah. that. They bought that up. Rockstar that did. Yeah, seems kind of dodgy. Almost like just, moderation yeah. you don't want to have. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think that's you know I think they're just kind of you know consolidating all their corners. But for you the can't release buy of a community. Somebody else yeah, can true. just spin up their. Oh own no, servers. absolutely. Yeah. But I think that the the one that was very popular in GTA Five 
was bought up. I need to check out that okay. article again. But I wrote, I yeah. read it briefly, and I was like, interesting. What Wild. a! I'm familiar with them. I've watched a few streamers go and role play on uh, GTA. It's very funny. It's the, huge. Yeah, it's hilarious. It's, yeah. but they're Massive. they're also on like private servers, and it's like. You gotta know somebody that knows somebody to get in. Yeah, yeah. Like, you gotta take rules, it seriously. Like, if you break it, you just like you get banned or whatever. So. Yeah, I I agree with you, Darren. It's it's got sliminess all over, and that's been all of Rockstar's move for ages since like the or your two crunch stories were coming out, and yeah. how badly they were squeezing all their artists and stuff like that. It kind of seemed like not that the writing was on the wall or anything, but it was just we kind of got a good look into the company that's behind some of the biggest money-making titles in history yeah and the lead the lead writer who wrote red dead redemption one i think was doing the writing on red dead redemption two has just left rockstar as well and he's one of the last of the legacy team like the old who would have done been there for san andreas and red dead redemption one has left so rockstar isn't like rockstar isn't the rockstar that made vice city do you know i mean it's not the rockstar that made red dead redemption one you know it's it's a it's a different company it's a different yeah. machine now i think did he give a reason for why he left or do you remember no i didn't i didn't actually i just saw the headline that that he had left after 16 years with rockstar so i don't know what the reason was um but one of the few of the original team of people who were doing the the i would say i mean i don't know if you could consider grand theft auto um back of san andreas or even the early days of five as like great narrative writing but i mean it's it's funny and it's it's, oh, it's topical and it's on it's you know it's I think the writing in five is yeah fire it's yeah. really good it's a really fun one to go back uh yeah no I, all those little stories are just just ring of a kind of a grossness to me and they're gonna release gta 6 and it's gonna oh sell. my god it's gonna make them so much money and like you said the microtransaction economy that they built is just gonna print the money like i GTA 5 came out in... I was only talking about this the other day. It came out GTA 20, 5 riddled with microtransactions? Yes. Like, I know nothing about yeah. the game, to be perfectly honest. It came out in 2013, and they launched GTA Online, I think 2014 or 2015. And the big one was uh, these shark cards, mm-hmm. which was like you could buy in-game dollars with shark cards. Shark, shark was like... The Megalodon card was like the biggest uh, um, package you could buy. And at the time that that was popping off, I was working for Xbox customer support. And the amount of calls we got where, oh yeah, kid has, it was it was always either GTA or it was FIFA. Like my kid has gotten control of my credit card and spent like three grand on shark cards. Like, Ooh. can you refund me the money? I didn't know yeah. he was doing it. And like, you know, GTA 5 Online has been around for like three generations worth of consoles now. And I think when they're looking into this GTA 6, they're probably developing their online um, portal or their, how that game is going to exist online to maximize the microtransaction system i would say yeah true yeah oh, oh i'm still gonna charge for the game yeah, oh, yeah. full price full price and for the game do you, do you know what i could see a situation where they do what halo did with its latest game where the campaign is a paid thing and the online version is free that's how what halo did like the uh, multiplayer is free to play but any free game is going to have to have microtransactions because yeah, just by participating just... in a free-to-play game you're supporting in, the microtraction in fairness i think i don't think i ever paid for gta 5 online i think it was oh yeah okay but you bought gta 5 yes yeah yeah sorry it. yeah and it came with it i think they'll they could if they're following that model they could release them as separate entities. separate thing because gta online came a year or two after gta 5 because they yeah. had tons of problems getting the servers running properly um uh yeah so i could see them doing what halo infinite did which was you know you pay full price for the so it'll kind of work the same way gta 5 did where you pay full price for the game 
but then anyone can get GTA online because they want everyone on there to potentially yeah. pay for microtransactions. So I could see... I mean, that's the direction with online gaming these days. Um, yeah, true. Apex, uh, like you said, um, Halo. League of Legends, I think, was the first game that blew my mind how many people were playing it. It was free. And like, yep. it was entirely funded by microtransactions. Yep. And like, I, you know, you get away with it. You, you get a, a better rep when your game is released free. And then the microtransactions yeah. are, are inherited. It also it it really depends on what the microtransactions are. Like, so if it's just pay for skins, yeah, people don't I'm mind. If it's pay to win, that. Yeah. people hate that and rightly yeah. so. And I think with GTA Six, it'll definitely be pay to win because the microtransactions will revolve around in-game currency for sure, which will therefore develop all the stuff that Get you get. Vehicles yeah, and stuff like that. Kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there you have it, fellas. It's not getting any better for old Rockstar. Um, the next one is uh, this next article is from IGN from Wesley Yin Pool, and this is Nintendo still has Metroid Prime 4 down as a Switch game. So Nintendo has outlined upcoming Nintendo Switch exclusives and still lists the long absent Metroid Prime 4 as a Switch game. As part of its latest financial report, which shows sales and profits boosted by Tears of the Kingdom and the Super Mario Bros. movie, Nintendo listed all the upcoming and announced games coming to Nintendo Switch. Notably, the list includes Metroid Prime 4, which still carries a temp title and TBA release date. Here's the list in full. Uh, Detective Pikachu Returns uh, for the 6th of October. Super Mario Bros. Wonder for the 20th of October. WarioWare Move It for the 3rd of November. Super Mario RPG Remake for the 17th of November. Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon uh, 2024. Princess Peach uh, Untitled 2024. And Metroid Prime 4 TBA. Um, Metroid Prime 4 has suffered a tumultuous development since it's announced since it was announced six years ago in 2017 development was restarted in 2019 with the help of retro studios uh, developer of the original metroid prime games at the time nintendo said it took the decision because the fourth entry has not quote has not reached the standards we seek in a sequel to the metroid prime series end quote while not confirmed by nintendo eurogamer reported metroid prime 4 was being developed by bandai namco studios singapore nintendo has been silent on on prime 4 ever since leading some to speculate the game was either in development hell or its switch focused to launch on the switch's next gen successor rumored to be launched late in 2024 uh, prime 4 failed to show up during june's nintendo direct but given nintendo uh, itself still lists the game as a switch title perhaps the company plans to re-reveal it later in 2023 as its final nintendo switch game and a next gen console launch title much like breath of the wild was the last wii u game from nintendo as well as the switch launch title do we get a Metroid Prime 4? Is it still in, in development? Is it still in existence? I don't think they'll ever abandon it. Um, I don't think it's coming out for the Switch, though. All, all the, the signs point to, like, it keeps getting pushed for better hardware or something. They'd be better off saving it for a launch mm -hmm. title for their new... Um, oh, true. Yeah, I yeah. think so, too. Yeah. Because yep. Metroid Prime is a is an IP that just pulls in we love them boys. we love them yeah. yeah and the the problem the problem with it is is that I, that that june uh, nintendo direct that i watched was a real like hey everybody the switch is dying <laughs> we're not really developing great games for this thing anymore it was a real like you know swan song for it. when i was watching the kind of thing has been released that was like yeah this speaks of a of a console on the last you know on its last breath essentially so yeah i could it, they mean they'd be we, ta we talk about it like it's it, dying as in like it didn't do well but i mean the switch was a oh, no, no banger from the start. absolute monster yeah. i just mean in terms of you know nintendo has already announced they got something coming next year and um, the switch is now i don't know how many years it's been about eight uh 2015 2016 i think uh yeah so, so about eight years give yeah, or take which is the, which is the normal life cycle for any kind of console i guess really um but yeah yeah it'd be they'd be mad to release that on the switch 
just 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 give it a breath of fresh air and a new and a new console. Is there anyone left buying switches? Like I feel like everyone owns one by now. They they, they <laughs> like did if, say they did say the numbers in in the episode we we did an episode of probably the last news one we, we did. I think we brought up the sales for Switch, the Nintendo Switch, and how what they expected in the next couple of months, and they're still selling like a couple of mil a month. Do you I know what I mean? Like, I I just don't get it. Was who doesn't have a Switch? It, it, it couldn't be Tears of the Kingdom. Did they just be like? Was somebody so excited about that but never bought a Switch for Breath of the, Breath of the Wild? Maybe, yeah. Because I find uh, that very unlikely. My brother uh, got a Switch only uh, last month for his birthday because he was like, oh, I definitely want to play Breath of the Wild, but I'll come around to that eventually. And then Tears of the Kingdom came out. And it was like, sweet, so Switch, Breath really? of the Wild. Yeah, yeah. So people okay, like that do well, exist. I'm proven wrong already. Okay. There you go. <laughs> we already know. Yeah. We know a lot of people. I mean, I didn't get a Switch though. until late in the game. I think I, I got like a Monster Hunter Rise Special Edition. Oh, yeah. I didn't oh, know you that was oh, sick. I got that too. The dock for that is sick, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's I'm nice. very jealous of, of the, the. Kevin has a great Smash Brothers dock, and you guys have a really good Monster Hunter dock. Mine's a plain old, boring I, old I, dock. I, I much prefer the plain old. <laughs> well, listen. I don't know. If, you ever, if you're ever looking for a trade, man, I'm yeah. your guy. Um, So we've got kind of. Wow. How. Okay, yeah, we'll we'll blast through this last uh, story before we go into our little bonus one. Uh, so this is coming from Eddie uh, McCooch uh, from GameSpot, and this is why Baldur's Gate 3 is not on Xbox at launch, and when it could be. Uh, one of 2023's most anticipated... And sorry, the reason I'm putting this article in, Luke, is because this came up in one of the episodes we did two weeks ago, and I was like, oh, I'd love to have Luke's as the... Mr. Xbox Games Pass himself. I'd love to have Luke's in, input on a on an Xbox situation. So one of 2023's most anticipated new games, the RPG Baldur's Gate 3, releases later this week. But the well, it's already out. This is an old article. Uh, but the Larian developed game is not coming to Xbox. Oftentimes, games skip Xbox, PlayStation, or Nintendo platforms due to um, exclusivity deals, but that's not the case here. So what's going on? This has been an ongoing and developing story, but the long and short of it is that Larian wants to make sure Baldur's Gate 3 runs up uh, to its quality standards on both Xbox Series S and Series X, and the relatively less powerful Series S is holding things back for now. This isn't a problem on PlayStation because there is only the one PS5 and not a Series S equivalent with lesser specs. Earlier this year... Is there not X exclusive games? No, actually. There hasn't been really. Really? Oh, yeah. interesting. Okay. Sorry. If, if there was, they wouldn't have this issue, Chris, mm. you know. Uh, earlier this year, Larian boss Sven uh, Vinka said the decision came down to the technical limitations of the Xbox Series S. Vinka said split-screen co-op is a must, quote, for the game, and the studio doesn't want to release Baldur's Gate 3 without the feature. Uh, Vinka said that bringing split-screen to the Xbox Series S version is challenging, quote, but he is confident in the team to find a way to get it done, potentially as early as by the end of 2023. Uh, quote, if it's possible, they'll make it happen, but it's a very big game. Uh, Microsoft's own engineers are reportedly working alongside Larian to find a solution. It's been reported that two-player split-screen is running on Xbox Series S already, but not at high enough quality yet to meet the developer standards. On the technically more powerful Xbox Series X, this apparently has not been an issue, but Larian won't launch on Xbox until the split-screen feature is up and running uh, to its quality standard on both Series S and Series X. Um, is there... Will I go... Oh, it kind of talks about more of the technical difficulties. Oh, here we go. So, quote, we have a, quite a few engineers working very hard to do what no other RPG of the scale has achieved. Seamless drop-in, drop-out, co-op on a Series S. We hope to have an update by the end of the year. Um, so there you have it. Baldur's Gate 3 releases early August on PC and then September 6th, which I think has actually been 
push closer to September 2nd on PlayStation 5. Um, September 6th just so happens to be the release date for the biggest Xbox game this year, Starfield. So maybe that's some consolation for Xbox owners looking for a big new mm. game to play. Or if that you even played into it a bit. Honestly, I only read the uh, the title of this one and I kind of thought it had to do with like, I don't know, Microsoft just like throwing a fit over like this isn't the standard of games because you remember all that shit that happened when Boulder's Gate 3 released where like all yep. these big companies would be like this isn't the standard for video oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. don't expect yeah. this all the time yeah they were like, complaining <laughs> that like consumers shouldn't expect this higher standard of game so funny <laughs> that was that love was that. such a stupid state of affairs like I loved it I loved it being like you know you eat your medicine guys because this is what we should all expect all the time because <laughs> yeah. this is excellent um I didn't realize that there was that much of a difference in the processing power or whatever the power may be. I'm not a technical guy between the X and S. Luke, do you own an X or an S? I own an X, darling. So, you know, yeah, you're you're kicking this S down the road being like, God damn it, you're the reason I can't play Baldur's Gate 3. It's uh, a little brother you have to drag along <laughs> everywhere. Come on, slows you, you can, down. <laughs> you can do split screen for fuck's sake. Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, well, yeah, personally, I'm not like... I was never super excited for Baldur's Gate, um, so that's going to be a personal bias in this. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no, uh, w- weird, but but interesting. Like that, like that it would be able to run on the X, and then the S would pose so much of a problem. Um, I love the S. Like I love the idea of the S. It's yeah. always been a really cool. Mo- I've talked about this on the podcast loads of times before, but it's it's always been a cool model that there is a much 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 cheaper version of your it's like it's the opposite of the pro approach it's Mm -hmm. like we have our flagship console and if you can't afford it here's a way smaller console that just has a hard drive doesn't have a disk drive you just download games to it and they run uh i think uh s can do up to 1440p so it's like slightly better than 1080p but it's not 4k um and but like if you can't afford a series x you can get the s and it's and yeah, it's it's cool that like we're this far into the life cycle of the consoles, and this is the first time that this has been a problem as well. Um, Do you think that, given that we're because one of the things we talked about on the last episode was the idea that we have we not really hit next generation expectations and we're kind of beginning to see that now a couple of years in pandemic has kind of settled and you know the all the supply shortages aren't as as prolific as they were do you think this could be an issue for xbox going forward as more games come out with uh, a processing power who now i think larian's an exception because they demand the highest standard which other companies seem to diss <laughs> but do you think you know do you think the xbox might face that problem going forward that there could be other future games coming out that are of the highest quality for the next gen but can't really run successfully or the way the developers want them to on the s and therefore causes problems on our xbox release yeah i really fucking hope not <laughs> that would suck that would suck for the whole microsoft ecosystem because i think it's really cool that uh it seems like Larian are, themselves are very motivated to get this working this well is, on yeah, both. Yeah, yeah. And that's awesome. Like that's that's really cool. That's they're doing Microsoft a massive favor there. I'm sure there was probably some kind of money slid their way yeah, to make yeah, it happen. Yeah. We'll uh, give you ten percent of uh, Starfield. <laughs> yeah, because Just get us Gate three. Because basically if if the next gen games for the life of the cycle can't run on both systems, then Microsoft have made a miscalculation. And really interesting to see how that's playing out Mm. um but the idea that someday there would be games that only release on series x 
and not on Series S. Obviously, it doesn't affect me because one, I own an X. Two, not really too stoked for Baldur's Gate. But yeah, the idea that it could come out I, one I and not the other sucks. Sorry for cutting you off there. I, I think we'll see limitations first because it seems like the S's only problem is with local multiplayer. So it's not even yeah. like a graphics issue. It sounds like just processing two... Th- Baldur's Gate 3 is a big fucking game. Yeah. Um, so processing like essentially two games. Two instances two, of that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I think there's going to be limitations like uh, if a game comes out that has a local multiplayer for the X, maybe that option isn't going to be available for the S. So we'll definitely start to see things like that happen before like this game just isn't available yeah i think that was the first agreement that they came to i think i think phil spencer was actually happy with that to begin with that the version that came out on s just wouldn't have the local multiplayer but i but think larry and larry and pushed back yeah. and said no 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 this game needs local multiplayer it's yeah. part of the culture of the experience of the game it's very important to us we're going to make it work um which again very sick very cool of larry um but yeah i think i think chris you're totally right i think the first thing you'll see is the S stops hitting the mark on certain uh, like performance capabilities that play into you know, next gen games. Did um because the the naming um the way Microsoft has named the consoles has always confused me. In the last generation, PS4 generation, did they have a similar uh, ecosystem where they had a weaker? Uh, well, mm. no. This is the first time. Yeah, because yeah, it, is... it, it is. It's it's an interesting one because as you said, it's the opposite to the Pro, which yeah. would make sense if we were going backwards per se not forwards i mean yep. f- more affordable yes but as time goes on and you know with ps4 games like horizon and stuff like that uh they were coming out at the end of the ps4's life cycle when people had really discovered how to use the, the power of that to its fullest and i wonder then yeah do we have problems with the s whereby by the end in you know another two three years when xbox and playstation 5 might be coming to the end of their life cycle are things so well um developed based on the x and the PS5, the PS5 does the yeah. S become obsolete? Yeah, um, hopefully not. Like again, it would be a miscalculation on the part of Microsoft, and maybe if that is what happens, they don't do that for the next generation. Like they don't release a cheaper version because the S is two hundred quid cheaper than the X. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing that they yeah. can do that. Yeah, it's it's great. It's a beautiful idea. Like yeah. it, 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 it's one of the things that makes me so happy to be Mister Xbox Game Pass himself. Like these ideas that are in Microsoft's ecosystem are gorgeous, and to see them actually pulling it off is great um but yeah it would be a shame to see them take a step back from that approach in the next yeah i I hope it and if it turns out that way i hope like you said it was just a miscalculation and not just like a scummy move um because i've always thought the pro versions of systems or the slim versions of systems any new iteration of the same system has always been a scummy move i think they've just plan around that yeah. instead of like giving them the best hardware now yeah sell them a console and then two years later give them an even better one and just be like haha you don't have this but for microsoft works on be- me and every microsoft- time <laughs> yeah i know exactly yeah and they keep making money off of it but yeah microsoft came out and dropped both at the same time which yeah. i thought was amazing yeah for sure so now i'm Black worried like did they do that now the s people have to buy the x and that was their whole plan all along so yeah i hope that's not the case no yeah. no, no i i don't, i doubt so. it would be the case i think it, it might just be a uh, a side effect or a symptom of the technology just becoming too advanced i'd like to think that they're not that um that people aren't that mean they just didn't know foresee this situation like the, yeah. that one that local multiplayer would be a very relevant 
staple of games in 2023 or whatever year they which which by to. all rights it shouldn't be i just love that larian and, and the, the, the dungeons and dragons community and Baldur's gate they How just want that dare you, know? you it absolutely should be. <laughs> no it, it should no it, it, it should be local multiplayer should exist on everything but it doesn't like it's we're moving away from the traditional couch co-op which i hate i hate that there's a couple i, th- of games I think the games well, i like think we're pulling back. it back especially over the pandemic i think it's coming back in a big way Especially like Steam's got its remote play now, so you can actually like, I don't know, link up and now like have people playing on the same co- or, uh, computer and yeah, it's a way to do it. Way to do it. Well, we're going to our final story. Bit of a bit of a sad story, but you know, by no means does this man not deserve his rest. So, um, this comes from the Guardian by uh, saying, uh, Keen. Oh my God, Kane. I definitely uh, spelled that wrong. So, Cyan Kane. So, this is uh, titled Game Over. The voice of Mario is retiring after three decades, Nintendo announces. So, the voice of Mario is stepping back from the role after 27 years as a Nintendo character, the Japanese game company has announced. Charles Martinet, 67, was the original voice of the Italian plumber, starting with the 1996 installment Super Mario 64. He also provided other voices in the game series, including Mario's twin brother Luigi and the villainous Wario and Waluigi. In a statement released on Monday on Twitter, recently rebranded as X, such a necessary piece to put into the article, uh, <laughs> Nintendo said, quote, uh, Charles is now moving into the brand new role of Mario Ambassador. With this transition, he will be stepping back from recording character voices for our games, but he'll continue to travel the world, sharing the joy of Mario and interacting with you all. It has been an honor working with Charles to help bring Mario to life for so many years. We want to thank, thank and celebrate him. Please keep an eye out for a special video message from uh, Shigeru Miyamoto and Charles himself, which we will post at a future date, end quote. Uh, Martinet wrote, My new adventure begins. You are all a number one in my heart. Woohoo! Um, the announcement came after fans began to speculate online that the American actor had been replaced as Mario for the upcoming game Super Mario Bro- uh, Brothers Wonder, with some noticing that the character's voice sounded different in promotional videos. Nintendo has confirmed that Martinet did not voice Mario in the new game, but has yet to reveal who the new voice is. Uh, uh, Martinet once said that he... Yeah, oh, oh, could you imagine? (laughs) Uh, Martinet once said that he based his voice for Mario on Petruccio, a character from Shakespeare's uh, Taming of the Shrew. Uh, quote, I want to voice Mario until I drop dead, he once said during a 2021 game convention. If someday I think I'm no longer capable of doing it, I will tell Nintendo to look into finding someone else. Uh, Martinet did not voice Mario in the 2023 animated film, the Super Mario Brothers movie. Guardians of the Galaxy star Chris Pratt voiced the title character uh, opposite It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia actor Charlie Day as Luigi. But Martinet did voice two minor characters, including the brother's father in the film, which grossed more than $1.36 billion worldwide and became the highest grossing video game adaptation of all time he's gone fellas I've known nobody else to voice Mario <laughs> I, Chris said it best AI they have <laughs> yeah, yeah. so many reams and reams of Charles's performance of Mario they could definitely make it happen with AI it's like Charles in 2021 oh I'm gonna I'd love to voice Mario until I die like two years later AI singularity <laughs> happens and it's like <laughs> Nintendo's like he's decided to step away like, they have you know. so much so many recordings of him doing the voice for decades yeah. decades worth of dialogue for I'd say for ad spots and for do you really games, think obviously. do you really think it is AI is that your genuine genuine thoughts that they've actually replaced him uh, I think now's the time we're going to start seeing it so um... I, I don't think it's AI 
But like, I, I don't act. Yeah, that's mean, possible in this day. And age. It is, yeah. That's the sad thing. I don't think it would be either. I think uh, him being such a big character, I think they'd need to have because he Charles has been great in terms of from a promotional perspective. He's been on. He's been interviewed by people promoting Mario and yeah. uh, been on the runs for games. If you don't have a person behind the voice going forward, it's a promotional factor of the from that game that you're going to lose. You know. Um. So I would be surprised and heartbroken if Nintendo went down the route of AI, but. They also, you know, what are they going to do? Patent Mario? Patent everything? Patent AI? Get out of here, Nintendo. Maybe they patented uh, Charles's voice, and that's why he just like, <laughs> I'm not, not allowed to talk You're anymore. not allowed to talk. <laughs> Charles, I mean, Charles weirdly had no comments to make about this story. Yeah, he's me. been very quiet. Like, I expect this future video was just him sitting silently behind, like, you know, bound and gagged or whatever. But Nintendo XX, help me. His, like, his voice has been stolen, Little Mermaid style. Yeah, yeah. Nintendo Jesus. Ah, there you have it, fellas. So yeah, Mario's gone. We'll have a new new Mario. And I I you know, I have to say I really loved him. If anybody doesn't know him or hasn't come across any of his videos online, go online and check out him doing even just doing the voices of characters that he's done. He's such a he's such a great personality and such a fun, eccentric person that uh, I'm sad to see him go just because of his personality. And he's like he's literally the only Mario we've ever known. Yeah. As far as voice, yeah. yeah, since I mean, in terms of Mario 64, and then oh, uh, and then the movie, yeah. yeah. Well, what I mean, with the, the, the 1993 Joe, that wasn't Joe Pesci, was it? No, Joe, no, Joe no, Pesci no. did, did um, I'll check it out right here who did the voice because it's uh, we've had this on the uh, the episode before, we couldn't remember the actor's name, it's him and John Luigi Mario actor 1993, it was. Bob Hoskins. Yeah, that's oh, right. Oh, Bob, yeah, yeah. it was Bob Hoskins. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bob Hoskins did Mario. So maybe they're getting him back. I'm really close. It's a me, a Mario. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. Maybe it'll just be uh, Chris Pratt from now Wait, on. It was 1993, what? was it? That was the movie. Yeah, the movie. And then uh, I think Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which he was the detective in, was 1994. Good. 90s were good to Bob Hoskins. No, 1993 was not good to that, that movie. <laughs> yeah, tanked yeah. so bad. I, we have to do. We should do a he, full he's breakdown. Lucky. He must already had Who Framed Roger Rabbit lined up because, yeah. like, anyone who would have watched that Mario movie would be like, we're not giving any of these guys. Guys, jobs. you have to. There's a great. I don't know if it was a YouTube video that I was watching, possibly of uh, all that went on behind the scenes of that film. Oh, weren't they like fucked up all the all time? Because they the knew, time. <laughs> like they I'm, knew they were on a plane. Loads, going down. loads yeah. of the stunt guys got uh, really badly hurt in some of the scenes. Uh, the people who were in charge of the script were rewriting it before the guys stepped up to do their scenes. So like the, the, at the, at a point, uh, Bob Hoskins even came out and said, "I, I just stopped learning lines. Seems like it was pointless. They just." <laughs> new scripts uh, before every scene uh, so if you want to know more about that we're actually getting into that in our post show and you can find out how to listen to that on patreon.com forward slash gift of gaming and for the cost of a coffee a month there is a plethora of extra content up on our patreon page um luke chris thank you so much for popping on for this news august episode it's a pleasure to have you both no two better people to speak about the news to so thank you for popping on thanks, thanks for having us and as to our listeners uh, as always keep enjoying the gift that is gaming peace out